Good day, Mitch. We are back for another season of the Sporting Post. We've got plenty to go through. We've got plenty of plans. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Yeah, it's been good. Um, obviously, we've been away for a little while, um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting back into it. And we've got some great content lined up, uh, both for this episode and for the episodes going forward. But before we get into that, I do want to introduce the third member of our team. Obviously, um, for the past year or so, it's just been me and Seb. But this season, we're very excited to bring Kat Krasoulis on board as our third host. So um, Kat, welcome aboard. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Um, long time listener, big fan. Big fan yeah. girl. <laughs> big fan girl. Always wanted to be a, <laughs> wanted to be with you guys. So yeah, thrilled to be here. This is definitely yeah, the fulfillment of a lifelong dream for Kat. Um, <laughs> and we're glad that she can be a part of this experience going forward. So congratulations to you. And we're really looking forward to seeing what you can bring to the table over the next six to 12 weeks or so. Yeah, I'm thrilled. Great to hear. Uh, so look, for everyone out here, look, we've got a bit of a shorter episode today. We um, we just wanted to introduce Kat to you guys. I'm sure you're going to love her. But look, today, Mitch, Kat, we're looking at everything we need to know about the Olympics, everything that's happened over the first four days. We've had, well, we've been cursed with this lockdown, but what a great time to sit in front of the TV and watch four days of full-on sport. And what better people to tell us what exactly has happened than the three assembled today. Am I right? <laughs> Who writes You're not wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's jump into it. So I guess to start us off today or yesterday, depending on when you're listening to this, um, we had Ariane Titmus uh, win gold in the 400-meter freestyle. Um, she went up against a person who some have called the queen of the pool in Katie Ledecky. Um, never lost an Olympic event. That's crazy. No, that's it. That's it. She's never, she, up until Monday afternoon, she had never lost an event in the Olympic Games until a young lady uh, from Australia came and changed all that on that Monday afternoon. So I guess, Seb, what were your thoughts um, when you were watching that take place? Yeah, look, so she's got quite a backstory. Moved from Launceston to the Sunshine Coast, uprooted the whole family just for this dream. First Olympics uh, got Ludecky in uh, the last portion of 2018, I think it was, at the World Championships. And we've waited five years for this rematch. Look, Kat, like you were saying before, that last 100 metres was exhilarating. Like It was genuinely a, a thing that was going to go down in folklore. And oh, it was, it's hard to put into words, but the way it was called by Thorpe and Basil Zemplis, the, um, just the race itself, like oh, it's, going to be, it's going to be an instant sporting hall of fame moment i think okay absolutely i mean um the last 50 meters was crazy i didn't think she would do it to be honest but um like you said thorpey he just knows it's it's yeah. crazy his knowledge obviously his background um but yeah i loved the coverage of the coach the family back in that was great um, Australia. it was great but yeah it gives you goosebumps to be honest Channel 7 have done an unreal job with the coverage so far of those interviews and uh the coach footy trips has gone viral which rightly so has been unreal so we could talk about that moment uh look for 20 minutes alone just because of the weight that it's going to take in the uh well from this olympics there's probably probably no understatement to say it's going to be the moment of the olympics for the australians so early oh, on for but sure i don't think it's an understatement to say that but like i said we could talk about that all day but cat what's the next best thing from the australians in the pool so far um, definitely kyle chalmers comeback in the four by 100 men's uh, event it's awesome this is a great one, I reckon, Mitch, just because the Australians weren't expected to medal in this one. Like the, there's, a, there's plenty of events where we are, but this is the one 
and it's a big event, the one that we weren't and we still managed to get up and with a big comeback in a big way. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, obviously he, he posted what the fifth fastest split um, in the history of that event, which is just an extraordinary achievement Crazy. given the gravity of the situation to take us from sixth position and not really in any real threatening position to we were only a couple of hundred, a couple of tenths of a second off taking second in that event. Yeah. Crazy. So crazy. it was pretty remarkable to watch. Um, and look, obviously the U S retained their stranglehold on that event. Uh, it's very yeah. rare that they get beaten. It's pretty extraordinary how long and dominant they've been in that one event. But for us yeah. to have such a great performance um, and come away with uh, another medal is pretty remarkable. And certainly I mean, you can't top um, what Ariane did, but I mean, that comes pretty close, I would have thought. Yeah, I'll tell you what else comes pretty close and what mirrors the US dominance of the men's 4 by 100 relay. The women's 400 relay, our girls, all begin a <laughs> great performance. Broke the world record. Like, it's three seconds ahead of anyone pretty, else. Like, pretty handily, sw- yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you hear swimmers go on and on and on about how oh, 100th of a second and they chase that 100th of a second and they pumped them by three seconds. That's nuts. Yeah. I looked at the times when they first came out and I noticed they beat second by a greater distance than second came ahead of eighth. So yeah, just to put that into perspective, yeah, they were so much faster. Um, It was just absolutely ridiculous. And they smashed the world record and they smashed everyone else in the field. It was pretty extraordinary to watch. Yeah, that's great. Bronte Campbell, Kate Campbell, Anne McKeon and Meg Harris. Um, Meg Harris on Olympic debut as well. That's just, that's a story and a half. And one more from the pool. Uh, Kat, can you tell us a bit about Brendan Smith? Ah, oh, here we have a bit of a connection on the podcast with Brendan Smith, who's claim to fame. Um, <laughs> but um, before we get into that, um, he did win bronze in the men's 400-metre freestyle. Um, another exciting podium pool from Australia. But, um, yeah, let's get into that claim to a fame. Li- a, little, a, little, a little fun fact for everyone at home. I actually um, played a bit of basketball with Brendan back in the day in kind of year nine, year 10. Um, I was disappointed that I didn't get a mention, didn't get a shout out in many of his interviews. <laughs> Maybe next time. Uh, Maybe. In, in, all, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, it was, a great, it was a great performance by him, serving it up to the two Americans that came first and second and did a really good job yeah. um, and really has done his country proud. Um, and it was yeah, great to see, amazing. obviously, it's been great to see the camera go over to all the family at home who obviously can't be over there to support um, their sons and daughters, brothers and sisters. But to see his family's reaction to that was was pretty was pretty wonderful. Pretty special. And like Kat, we were talking before, what made it even better was the commentary on it from Ian Thorpe, one of Australia's greatest ever Olympics. Who, like you said, I think you watched it a bit closer than I did, but I think Brendan Smith was in fifth or sixth at the turn. And then Thorpey called him in for a medal. It was crazy. Yeah. Thorpey just has a knack for it. I mean, we were saying earlier with um, Ariane, he was kind of, he was like, yeah, she's in a great position when she was three quarters of a length back of um, Katie Ledecky. And I was like, geez, I don't know about that. But he was, he was a hundred percent. He was dead on the money. She came through in the last hundred to 50 meters or so and pulled out a win. So he, he is an outstanding commentator. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Now, look, taking it out of the pool, um, keeping the Australian focus, though, what happened with Ash Barty Cat? Knocked out in her first match um, against Sarah Tormo. Correct me if I'm wrong with the pronunciation. Um, no. Yeah, not ideal, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, tough one. Yeah. Only a couple of weeks after winning Wimbledon. So no. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know if maybe the motivation wasn't there. Like, if I was here, I'm not sure the motivation would be there. 
even though it's an Olympic so I feel for tennis it. Tennis is a tennis is such a sport where you feed off the crowd, and that's like that's mm-hmm. why we saw Nick Kyrgios withdraw, obviously. And yeah, big time. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she just wasn't up for it. But in saying that, does not change her appearance in the Australian media one bit, and nor should it, mm-hmm. because no, the way she won not. Wimbledon was incredible. Yeah, and you know, she mentioned after Wimbledon that she was amazed that she even got through the whole tournament with the hip problem that she's been dealing with. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all to know that that's probably played a significant role in her kind of not not showing up as we might have hoped or expected of her in the Olympics, but I certainly don't hold it against her one bit. I think she's um, an incredible ambassador for Australia and for um, women's tennis and tennis in general. Um, and look, it is what it is. And look, we got, we got to give credit as well to the unheralded Spaniard who came through and put in a great performance and has upset the world number one. So we've got to give her credit as well. Absolutely. Yeah, certainly do. Certainly do. Mitch, tell us a bit about your boys, the Boomers. There was a yeah. bit of conjecture with the uh, with the coverage. Yeah. Um, I personally have been watching um, Channel 7's broadcast and they've got their own commentators. So they've got Andrew Bogut, who is in the class of um, Ian Thorpe. He's a fantastic commentator, really breaks down the game um, really well. But I feel like the other commentators that. that are on the kind of the Olympics's broadcast that they have, I don't know. I yeah. feel like they're, they're not quite up to that standard. They're a bit boring to listen to. Um, so I'm pretty glad that we have our own commentary team in Australia um, doing doing it, doing it their games at the very least. As for the on-court play, um, obviously the Boomers um, came through with a win over Nigeria, as we kind of expected. It wasn't... It was a, it was a scrappy win, though. It, it wasn't was very much a scrappy win. Yes, it was not... The Boomers were not at their best. Um, in this game, maybe it was nerves. Maybe it was um, a lack of, obviously, a lack of supporters around that kind of played into that. But they certainly were not on top of their game. However, if they can find um, their best form, they are a real chance to to come out on top in this tournament. Um, Team USA, obviously, everyone kind of goes into the Olympics or the World Championships saying, oh, you know, Everyone else is kind of fighting for second place. You know who can lose? Who, who gets the honor of losing to Team USA in the gold medal match? But that's kind of changed this year. Um, I would say that the Team USA has fielded is fielding their worst team that they've fielded since the last time they didn't win gold, which was two thousand and four. So I I would not be surprised at all to see Australia pull out the gold. Um, we haven't won a medal yet the in gold. basketball, which is pretty surprising. But I, I certainly believe that we we can really serve it up to the Americans. Um, we've got a great lineup of NBA players and NBL players who represent their country well. So I certainly would not be surprised to see us. I mean, it's still going to be an upset. Team USA is still the team to beat, but you never know. Weird things can happen in sport. Speaking of weird things, did you see that Jake Burt whistle was actually kicked in the face? And broke his nose at the beginning of the triathlon, which was interesting. Broke his nose. Broke his nose. Tell you what, um, I was watching the I was watching the triathlon on a on Monday morning. They had a false start. Half the field jumped in, and the only <laughs> reason half the other field didn't jump in was because a boat was in the way. So exactly. I could guess that maybe that's when it happened, but that's, yeah, that's crazy. I know. Back to what we were talking about, the Matildas. Yeah, tell are, us about it. Yeah, needing to defeat the US to guarantee a spot um, in the knockout stages of the tournament. So continuing with that Australia-US rivalry, it seems to be a pattern here. Um, what do you have to say mm. about that, Mitch? Well, yeah, I mean, even if they even if they lose, which of course we don't want them to, but Team USA is is 
a very strong outfit. They're again, they're yeah, the team to they're, beat. They're a powerhouse. They're a powerhouse in women's soccer. Um, although they did they did um, turn in a not too great performance against I think Sweden it was. Um, but yeah, I mean we don't actually have to win to, um, our match against the US to to qualify um, as long as New Zealand don't thrash Sweden, which I highly doubt will happen. As long as that doesn't happen, we'll be, good. We'll, we'll be well placed to make it through to the knockout stages. Unfortunately, and I'll let you jump in on this one, Seb, um, the Oli Roos aren't quite in the same position um, despite finishing top two in their group. Yeah, look, so Oli Roos are a different one. When we drew Spain and Argentina in our group, there were no chance. We're no good at soccer, which, you know, sometimes sometimes that argument stacks up, sometimes it doesn't. But Spain and Argentina, two of the um, best soccer nations in the in the globe, really, well, well known. And to beat Argentina really put us in control. So we beat Argentina round one, lost to Spain round two in what was a pretty close match, defended pretty well. But we now are in control of our own destiny is how I'd be looking at it, Mitch. Beat yeah. Egypt, we move on, lose, and we don't. So we have every exactly. chance against Egypt. They're not in the calibre of the two previous mentioned in Argentina and Spain. So I think that's how Graham Arden and his squad would be looking at it. We're in control of our own destiny. Win, we're in. Lose, we're out. But yeah, they they can control it, which I think is a great great psychological boost for the team. I think that's actually how he put it as well. He said that he's been stressing to his team, you know, we're in control of our own destiny. If we go out and win this match, then we're in. Okay, we don't need to worry about yeah. other results going our way. If we go out there and put in our best performance and come away with the win, then we're set. We're in. So I think that's how exactly that's how they have to look at it, and I think they will look at it that way, and I think they'll turn into great performance. Yeah, dead right. Now, look. Cat Mitch, I know we're running out of time, but there is something else I wanted to bring up to uh, the attention of our listeners and to you guys as well. There was, like the triathlon you were talking about this morning, Cat, with um, Jack Birdwistle, who I think finished in 15th or 16th, put in a great performance. The winner is, the last five minutes is something to be watched because the look on his face when he pulls away, the commentators were bagging the whole run for his, his uh, the way he ran. Like he looked, he looked weird. There's no way of shooting him out. He looked like a weird, a weird bloke. But he was in third and he just kind of pulled away and the, watched the, like, the, listen to the commentators just like lose it and not be able to believe it. And like even this guy couldn't believe it. He threw up on the finish line. It was nuts. It was just a really good underdog story. He was a, a Norwegian. Name kind of eludes me at the moment. But the way, like, it's classic underdog story that we all love. And that was amazing to watch from like from what really is a winter country in the summer olympics <laughs> watch his reaction was unreal so i would encourage everyone to watch the uh the final concluding stages of the men's triathlon from monday morning yeah absolutely and i think the olympics is so good for um those kind of stories in terms of you know athletes overcoming you know adversity or overcoming i guess big obstacles that are in their path and and um making underdog stories and i think a classic one was um, the swimmer a couple of days ago, or maybe yesterday. Who, yeah, the eight, the eight, ten year old. Yeah, the eight, ten year old who qualified slowest out of all of the qualifiers for the finals. So he was in lane eight um, and won, um, which was yeah, the pretty extraordinary to watch. Um, his name escapes me again, but it was a pretty incredible performance by him. Um, and his reaction was was absolutely priceless. Like he was so pumped up. Um, yeah, not quite on the level of the Australian coach, but he was certainly <laughs> up and about after that performance. Um, so good on yeah. him. No, that was unreal. Ahmed Hafnui was his name, and That's that it. was a performance to be remembered. Certainly, That's it. 
Look, guys, I've uh, I've had a blast. Is there anything that yeah you can point us in the direction of Mitch? What should we be looking out for in the next few days in terms of the Olympic coverage? Well, obviously, if you, to, um, if you had to put it down to one thing, what what one thing can you give us to look forward to? Big ask. There's still a lot of sport to be had, but um, for me personally, um, obviously, you know, I'm a basketball guy. That's my sport. So if I had to put it down to one thing, it would certainly be. I think the Boomers are a real chance here. Um, and I certainly think they can make a real run at it. So that would be my pick if there was one sport. If I could only watch one sport, which I certainly wouldn't wish for, but if I had to, it would certainly be the basketball. What about you, Cap? What's the one thing you're looking most forward to in the coming days, in the coming week? Well, it's, again, a big ask. I've been loving the swimming. I'm not a swimmer myself. I hate the water, but... <laughs> What do I love watching it? Um, tonight, I was just having a look, actually. We've got women's 200-metre freestyle, men's 200-metre butterfly, got the 1500 freestyle. That's always a big one. So, um, yeah, can't get out of the pool. But what about you, Seb? No, look, I'm keen to keep watching the soccer, to be honest. I didn't think we'd um, – I'm not much of a soccer nerd myself, but I thought there was no chance we'd have any hope. So to see there's a little bit of hope even in the group stages and moving forward. Like, we're playing some decent soccer. It's great to see. And um, look, I'm, I'm pumped. Such a good week to be alive for two weeks. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, look, Kat, have you found it? You had fun the f- first time you've joined us? Of course. Looking forward to being in person. But um, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm looking forward to the semester. Absolutely. And we're looking forward to your company for the rest of the semester. So thank you very much for listening. Cheers, guys. Um, and take care, guys. Hopefully we'll be out of lockdown soon. Um, and we'll be able to all go out and enjoy our sport together in person. But for the moment, take care and we'll see you next week.